Hello, this is Rich Schroeder, and welcome to my second podcast in a series of podcasts over the next several months. This podcast, as I expressed in my first one, is in regards to Six Sigma and why is it no longer working in today's industries or service companies. To begin with this discussion, let's take a look at how did Six Sigma really begin, as I discussed a little bit in my first podcast. As we all know, and the listeners know, if you have any familiarity with Six Sigma or Lean Six Sigma, it began at Motorola as a quality program, which therefore evolved into a company culture of driving out defects using the tools of Six Sigma. As we know, it was very effective and that's where the beginning stages or more formal term of black belts started to be used. And they were all mainly manufacturing engineers who were trained in the statistical process tools of getting a process statistically under control. There was a great deal of time spent training these engineers as to how to use the right tools to drive process improvement for the required outcome. At the time in Motorola, the desired outcome was 10x improvement over two years. 10x is a step function improvement in most processes, whether it be back in the 1980s or even currently today. There are very few companies that are making breakthrough improvements in the range of 10x improvement. As stated, it was mainly a defect elimination, not reducing, elimination process to make sure that all of the processes were capable and we measured capability of individual processes as well as an entire manufacturing process line as well as an entire plant. And the Six Sigma term was used to measure and report on how capable a manufacturing line, product, and facility was in regards to achieving Six Sigma. To become a Six Sigma black belt, you had to spend a minimum of four weeks of training over a four-month time period. During this time, you had to make dramatic improvements of the process which you were working on. And the people were gathered together on an entire manufacturing line so that there were enough black belts to drive the entire process to a much higher level of capability. This is significantly different from what is occurring today. And we'll speak more about this in the future of this podcast as well as in more upcoming podcasts. After Motorola won the Malcolm Baldrige Award, Six Sigma became very prevalent and was used by many companies as trained by Motorola to improve processes. And it was done mainly from the quality aspect. As I explained in my first podcast, the first time that Six Sigma was used as a business strategy was an allied signal under the leadership of Larry Bossidy as the CEO. This is where Six Sigma was applied 
as a true business strategy to drive net income improvement of operations. There is a specific formula which was established where you had to have a minimum of one black belt per 100 employees at each location. This ratio proved to be the correct number to drive an overall process capability improvement on a complete manufacturing line and also for a plant. Naturally, there are variations to that rule. If it's a smaller plant, the ratio would drop down. If it was a larger plant, sometimes the ratio would increase, but there had to be enough quality, capable individuals trained as black belts to drive process capability improvement. This capability improvement, which the black belts were responsible for, was that they had to drive four projects a year, totaling 250,000 as a minimum of each project for a total of $1 million on the net income line for each black belt that was trained in the organization. This was monitored very closely. After a black belt was trained and given the proper tools and shown how to apply the tools, if they did not deliver the $250,000 for their first project, which they acquired in their initial training, they would not receive black belt certification. If they did not deliver $250,000 of four projects every year, they were removed as black belts in the organization. This model continued and was also the same model which I applied to General Electric. It was proven totally successful and it's still successful today in organizations that use Six Sigma as a strategy to drive net income improvements through product and process capability improvement. From Allied, when Michael and I started the Six Sigma Academy, we applied the same approach to our 50 plus Fortune 100 clients of implementing Six Sigma. And each time we worked on a detailed business strategy, which is based on financial implications on a quarterly basis for a two-year time period, which determined how many black belts needed to be trained to deliver the results. It also determined how many black belts would be required going forward, as well as how many champions would be required in the total organization. We will discuss the role of champion, which as I said earlier in my first podcast, is one of the true hinge pins of having Six Sigma be successful, but there will be a separate podcast in regards to the role of a champion in an organization and why it is no longer discussed today. Since so much success was being had by corporations through our training at the Six Sigma Academy, we are continually requested by American Society of Quality to allow them to train Six Sigma black belts. This became a major point of contention between Michael and myself. Michael wanted to do that strictly for his personal recognition and for the Academy's recognition. I had a fear that by doing so, 
we would suddenly end up with rubber stamped black belts. Unfortunately, the latter is what occurred. There are now, as we all know, hundreds, if not thousands, of so-called Six Sigma trainers who train people to become as certified black belts in a course of a few weeks online. There is another organization that uses Mike's old videotapes from back in the days when we did it at General Electric that are still using it to become certified black belts or master black belts. This is not how a black belt becomes certified. Any black belt who has gone through the online training is basically a black belt still in training unless they can demonstrate how they delivered significant results on the net income line. When you sit down and start to ask many of these certified black belts from other organizations today and say, well, tell me about the process you improved. They will mention some small process as a small part of a larger process of building a product or delivering a service with as minimal, if actually none, of any verifiable net income improvements on the bottom line. It does not help an organization when you have multiple black belts working on individual projects or process points that are not tied together for an overall product line service offering or plant capability improvement. Improving one small part of a process has zero, and I'm going to repeat, zero effect of improving the overall capability of that line or having any improvement on the net rolled throughput yield of that particular line or service. As we fast forward today, since ASQ started certifying black belts, it then became everybody was a trainer, everybody worked at GE or Allied Signal, and I will tell you, they didn't. When you start asking these individual trainers and say, show me the projects that you worked on as a black belt or a master black belt, and what the overall dollar impact was on an annualized net income basis, you will be hard stretched to find anyone that can give you any substantial answer. Today we have black belts, right, and claiming it Six Sigma, working basically in the weeds. There is no true improvement to the overall product or plant or facility or service function by using the black belts as they're currently being used today. And that is because they're not organized in a systematic way as a total strategy for a particular product line, plant, or service. They also are not trained to have the ability to drive overall improvement. If you take all of these black belts, let's say you have 50 of them in one particular facility, all trained differently from these online offerings, what you basically have is a Tower of Babel. Everyone speaks it a little bit differently. 
Some people were taught some tools. Some people weren't taught some tools. And you basically don't have a good sound basis of applying the right tool to drive the right improvement or result. For Six Sigma to be a business strategy, it has to begin at the top. There is no bubbling up from the bottom or middle of the organization upwards or downwards. It has to be at the top. And that is the CEO and his direct reports and business unit presidents or product line presidents all have to understand the importance, but more importantly, the improvement that can be achieved by driving Six Sigma as a business organizational strategy. The strategy of using Six Sigma has to have a defined numerical net income target set quarterly and yearly, which the senior executives will have in their goals and objectives and let that flow down the waterfall approach to everyone from executives down to plant managers, line supervisors, product supervisors, and then individual black belts. But then we even confuse it more. It's now called Lean Six Sigma. I'm still trying to understand what is Lean Six Sigma. You cannot lean out a process until it is capable. You can't make a process capable until you apply Six Sigma tools. So there really is nothing that's called, there really is not a true strategy of Lean Six Sigma. They are two distinct individual pieces. First, you have to demonstrate that a process is capable, and then you can lean it out. Let's say you go from 2 sigma to 3.5 sigma in a year, then you apply lean tools, and then you take it again from 3.5 to 4 or 4 and a quarter sigma, then you lean it out again, and then you can take it up to possibly 5 sigma. The optimal point for an organization to run at is roughly 4.8 sigma. Anything other than that is actually starts to have a negative effect in regards to return on investment or on the net income line. I feel sorry for individuals that felt it was necessary for them to become black belts because as the lone individual or small handful of individuals in an organization is basically the equivalent of Don Quixote chasing windmills. It has to be a concerted effort of a group of black belts dedicated, and I want to stress the term dedicated, 100% of their time on driving capability of a process, product, or service. It's not a part-time job. It's not a when-we-get-around-to-it job. It's not an only-when-a-problem-occurs type of job. If you're in a black belt, it is a serious profession which many people have dedicated their lives to being. If you're a lone ranger on your facility of one of the few black belts, you will not be understood. 
management or your other team members will not understand the language which you're speaking. They will not understand how you can possibly drive any improvement. And I've seen too many black belts personally who have contacted me who got their online black belt training, figured they'd apply it in an organization, and actually became isolated and ridiculed and actually been overlooked in regards to advancement because they're just one person speaking a language and a tool set which no one else understood. To me, this is the biggest travesty of all these black belt training organizations slash Lean Six Sigma training organizations of training black belts. And once again, I want to repeat, the majority of these so-called trainers have never improved a process capability delivering results. And I want to stress results in money of any significance on the net income line. That is not to say that it still cannot be accomplished. All it takes is once again, senior management, senior management of a CEO or a COO, or in many instances, it's actually the CFO who understands that there's an opportunity for improving in regards to net income and margin gain. This is particularly true today with the supply chain fiascos that are going on caused, as it, caused by COVID. So if you're an individual black belt or master black belt, I encourage you to ask to have a discussion with your plant supervisor, the CFO, the head of finance of your organization, and if you're lucky enough, with the CEO, and express to them the opportunity that exists in your organization to drive net income improvement by a business strategy of deploying Six Sigma across the entire organization. You need to put together a business model that shows the business benefits of Six Sigma. Six Sigma has to speak the language of business. The language of business is money. And until black belts, or if you're a master black belt, know how to speak the language of business, which again is money, you will not be realizing the level of improvement or personal advancement which you're entitled to. I'm sure that many people may possibly be upset with this podcast because it really speaks to the heart of the matter of the Six Sigma training, of the Six Sigma black belt certification and training that exists today. If you have a group of black belts that are all individually trained by separate organizations, I encourage you to hire a capable Six Sigma provider to do an analysis of the true capability of the black belts and then determine what they have to be retrained in to really be able to deliver the necessary results. This concludes this podcast. My next podcast is going to go into more detail in regards to black belts and champions. 
If you have any questions, advice, or topics which you would like me to cover, please send them to me at richschroeder1 at gmail.com or go to my website, richschroeder.com, and provide me any insight, suggestions, or questions which I may answer for you. Thank you for taking your time. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to having future discussions with you.